and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Eleven, eleven, make a wish. All right, it's eleven, eleven. I wish. Oh God, I just can't think of anything besides me being uncomfortable right now. I want peace on earth and goodwill towards all men. Is that so so easy to ask? Is that too easy to ask? Is that what I just said? Yeah. I have two wishes. Okay. My first wish is unfeasible or infeasible. One of the two. Um, impossible just works also. No, I want to be fancy about okay. it. I wish for infinite money because <laughs> that would crash the economy. Okay. Because then I would just buy everything. Yeah. That would rule. And I'll pay for everything, and money wouldn't mean anything. Got so much mm-hmm. Culver's. Everything would just be Kelly's. <laughs> That's Kelly's pencil. I'm talking into Kelly's microphone right now. My second wish, much more feasible. I wish there was only 50 days left in the year. Yeah. And guess what? It came true. <gasps> wow. Hey, Kelly, you could go to Wish.com and uh, submit these wishes, and you can purchase these. That's not how Wish.com works. That's funny, because I wish for, like, a little, like, rubber thing to, like, hold up my phone on my desk that'll, like, fall (laughs) apart easily. (laughs) Well, Scott, check back in in six months when your Wish.com purchase finally arrives. Wish.com orders ships. Welcome to Spoof Scoofs and Novelty Songs. The PCAST about dumb shit. Can you tell our energy's low? <laughs> <laughs> We're on a, a binge of recording today. Yeah, this is our so. 17th we, episode. like the rest of the world. We're just exhausted. Why does everybody yeah. have to keep like trying all yeah. the time? It's true. I mean, COVID's over. I mean, COVID ended last week after the election. The people, everybody mm-hmm. just stopped caring about it. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, it was like one of those things that like, if you give, if you care about COVID, you're just giving it energy, and then yeah. it, it thrives yeah. on that energy. Man, but if crazy. you just ignore it, <laughs> it like goes away. Yeah. You got to put that into the world, and then the world gets it yeah. back to you. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just like you know how like your like haters and bullies like thrive on attention. But if you just like if you just like live your less best life despite COVID, then it just like you know it's like a psychic vampire. Yeah. Speaking of psychic vampires, this week we're reviewing Starship Troopers, a 1997 science fiction action film directed by Paul Verhoeven, based on Robert A. Heinlein's novel of the same name. Starship Troopers is about a military unit at war with a variety of species of bugs. This is a film that was negatively reviewed upon release, receiving similar criticism to the book it was based on that the film is pro-fascist, pro-military, racist, sexist, etc. Most people to this day still believe that this movie is genuinely for the things it's depicting. Arguably, one of the best examples of people always assume that because something is on screen, you must be endorsing it. Uh, opinion on the movie has shifted over over time. It's considered a cult classic now and a genuinely good version of military satire. But for a long time, it was looked at it. And this was like Paul Verhoeven's like last big movie. He had had a run of like five satirical like legends, which were uh, RoboCop, Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, and this movie. And this was like the last one before he kind of fell off a cliff and no one and was no longer relevant. There was four sequels to this movie, <coughs> none of which received <laughs> theatrical release. Most of them do feature uh, 
God, I can't remember the actor's name who plays Johnny Rico off the top of my head. Oh, no. I forget his name. Insert it in post. His name is James Vanderbeek. It's not James Vanderbeek. I can't remember his name. This film is a Scott pick. Oh, yeah. Hey. Scott. Yeah. Kelly. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Wow. New. Hello, Marty. This is a new outfit you're trying on. Mm-hmm. All right. On this gentlemanly film, oh my God. Starship oh. Troopers. Yeah, worse. <laughs> it's Casper Van Dien is Juan Rico. That's right. Yes, correct. But I only know that because I Googled it. I'm not smart. Wait, what was his name? Casper Van Dien. <laughs> <laughs> Spooktober's over, Scott. Spooktober's so, over. So. I'm not putting. I'm not doing reverb on that. That's no <laughs> reverb anymore. We're done. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so disappointed with that. No more reverb. <laughs> I'm the guy who fucking loves reverb. <laughs> um, this movie's hard to watch while eating oatmeal. <laughs> I think it's hard to watch while eating bugs. But... Hey, to me, that's most movies. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, uh, I don't know. There's it's it was. This is one of those movies that I hate to say it. I think it was fine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the background behind it. I didn't feel like it was pro fascism and military. And I, I didn't read it as propaganda. I thought it was like tongue in cheek. But it's about yes. propaganda. Yeah, it's about, propaganda. It's about the yeah. movie. Literally opens with propaganda. So why was that over so many critics' heads? Because they're dumb. I think it was more general public than. I mean, I, and critics sometimes do reflect, like, general public opinion. But, like, yeah, this movie opens with a literal, apparently, shot-for-shot recreation of uh, Nazi war propaganda films. Uh, Triumph of the Will, I think, is the one that they specifically, like, recreated for the opening of the movie with the propaganda mm-hmm. pieces. And, yeah, um, Would You Like to See More is such a, like, great, like, throughout the whole movie, there's the propaganda pieces, and they end each little segment with, would you like to see more? And then it plays the next thing as if someone's like watching this on television. It's uh, I think this movie's not, I think this movie's really obvious. And I think that actually wears a little thin at some point, but yeah, it's wild that anybody like didn't get that. This was like tongue in cheek. Yeah. It's like so clearly tongue. he was also like in, I believe he was, he, uh, he's a Dutch filmmaker, Paul Verhoeven. I believe he was like in Holland during world war two. So why would they think he'd be like endorsing this at all? Like, I think part of it is because it's like really like we loved like there was like such a like specific brand of like sci-fi in the 90s that like we really loved like that like super like chromey like glossy kind of like future like we were just like holy fuck we have like IMAX and the internet right now like yeah everything is going to like look and feel like this for our, what am I trying to say it like looked like um if you if you had just watched the fifth element and then this, you might not be like, oh, of course this is satire. You know what I mean? Because they're both equally over the top. But yeah, uh, fifth element's satirical too, though. Like I, I think it's more like the Schwarzenegger or um, like Rambo. Like how Rambo Rambo starts the first Rambo movie is a satire sort of, and then the rest of them are just like fucking just action movies from then on. And uh, yeah, no, I think it's like the eighties was such a huge action decade and the nineties became like, yeah. So like endorsing sci-fi into that realm too, that this movie like seems really genuine because it's, yeah, it's just kind of doing both the things that had come for the two decades before it rather than like, yeah, it's a critique of these things. Like, 
the 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 first like classroom scene was Michael Ironside teaching all of our main characters about the good things about the army. It literally endorses the bombing of Hiroshima. Like one of the things he says is like, was Hiroshima good? And the kids are all like, yeah, it was a good thing. <laughs> it's like, that's like one of the first <laughs> things that happens in the movie. Like, I don't know how anybody looked at this and thought they wasn't being tongue in cheek. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, the whole thing is about like a society that like basically like, cannot exist as it does without like being in a forever war yes and uh (laughs) yeah it's weirdly more timely now than it was then i think like yeah (laughs) i mean yeah yeah. no it's like it's and and i think that is hardly why people thought it was serious because it's like it's not that far off from how our military behaves and like the way it indoctrinates all of the people who join the army in this movie is not that different from how our military operates in recruiting people too. Like they play on right. insecurities. Like that is part of how an army functions is to break you down and make you a soldier into a unit. But then it draws you in, it draws you in with this, like, uh, like all the like commercials make it look like you have this, um, wider skill set than you actually get from yeah. it. Or in it, th- right. there's like this, like individualist, like appeal to the narrative. Like, you know, would you like to see more? Like you get to like choose mm-hmm. to go on this adventure, but then like once, once you're <laughs> actually in it, then you're just like truly like just sausage going into a fucking sausage grinder. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's why that Jesus, phrase is so yeah. that phrase is so good in this movie. Like I, I really that was the thing watching this movie. I'm like, the would you like to see more is so good. It's such a good microcosm of the universe that it's set in. It's so clever and disturbing. Like just seeing that come on screen every yeah. time I was just like, oh, this is making me so uncomfortable. It's so uh, this is like the best version of like how to do a 1984 uh, uh, adaptation, right? Like I think it it the way it it sho- the way it shows the world that we're in, but doesn't reveal too much ever about like how fucked up this is. It and it doesn't, uh, and the characters don't think it's fucked up because this is all they have ever known, right? Like, mm-hmm. ah, man, it's this movie is like the first half of this movie. I'll say is like real, real good satire. I think. Yeah, the second half is like testosterone like it's it's like oh we're gonna just make the second half so that we have something to put into the trailer to sell this to like meatheads it's kind of how it felt a little bit to me it's a little bit like um borat where like it can be enjoyed on two levels one of them being like wrong like (laughs) yeah i think like the second half i think it just like i think the it shows kind of maybe the flaw with the concept a little bit in that like you couldn't you couldn't do a thing where the characters like find out like, Oh, the military is actually really bad and we should conquer it. They couldn't do a hunger games type thing in this movie. They had to have it be like very straightforward. Like, no, the, the military wins and they succeed in the end because that's what we're being established is that this unit does work in this society. I think the ending is good too, because like it implies, well, just the fact that there are four sequels, five films total, uh, is that, um, It never actually ends. Like there, there really is no. Even if right. you win, there, that was, it's, it's never over. That was something that confused me. I didn't realize that there were sequels or like that it was setting like it set up for sequels so hard at the end. Yes, it was basically yes. like, all right, phase one complete. Like that's how the movie ended. Like it ended on yeah. that line almost. You know, I mean, that's how the first Star Wars ends, right? Oh yeah, like, don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like I get it. I yeah. just don't like it when movies are like, all right. 
let's see if we get more money to make more movies. Like, <laughs> yeah. This movie was kind of a success, but and they were able to make sequels, but like none of the cast really returned besides, I mean, like obviously Neil Patrick Harris and Denise Richards were just like, uh, I'm out of well, here. That's <laughs> like, kind of yeah. the thing is like, yeah, you could do more like bug fighting. You could do as much of that as you want, but like it gets the ideology across in the first movie. And I don't know if there's really any more like points to be made after that. I, I would argue it gets it across in 30 minutes. Like you just like get it. Like I get <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. I really get it. Yeah. Uh, I, so it gets a little tedious, I think, towards the end. But yeah, I, I, not everybody can pick up on those subtleties like you, Marty. they're not that subtle but yeah it's really not it's not it's like that's why i'm confused by the bad reviews because i didn't think it was like i didn't think it was a great movie but i didn't think it was like awful and i don't think it was i honestly don't think it was one of those movies that was made for me personally i think probably producers were pushing for it to create this more war-filled world but you lose me at bugs. That's some level one D and D garbage, dude. <laughs> I gotta hey, watch. But a these level bugs 10 are like movie. level twenty bugs, yeah. bro. These bugs are strong. The bugs are portrayed as like, oh, and crazy. and the movie does a good job of not making you like. You kind of get that like they imply that the humans maybe started this, but the bugs are like so vicious the whole time. But their actions are justified because they're at war, right? Like I, they do a good job of balancing that. I feel like, and the bugs are like portrayed as like. They literally have to like nuke them all the time to defeat the bugs, basically. Like, yeah. Which again is like part of the satire, right? Like the only way to really end this is just like fucking annihilate everyone around them. Like the uh, the guy who's checking in the high schoolers after they graduate or whatever, the after they're out of the academy, and one of them's like game theory, sir, and he's just like good luck, and then uh, ship, I don't remember ship flying, yeah, sir, yeah. and he, he's like. We need more. We need as many flyers as we can get. And then it was, uh, what was it? Infantry or something like that. Yep. Yep. And he like stands up and reveals that he is missing like He's all up. of his limbs. And <laughs> it's just yep. like, it made me the man I am today. And it's like, oh God. Yep. So clear. And it's, it's so, so straightforward. <laughs> like, oh, and it's like, that's how the world is a little bit. Like there are, it's, it's Yeah. I don't know. Every veteran of this movie, every veteran in the movie is depicted as like having their arms and limbs just like they're none of them are like fine. Like they're all like fucked up. Yeah. Mentally or physically. Like what I like about it is that like, yeah, so we see propaganda in the first uh, minute of the movie and we see all these like propaganda like pieces that exist in the world of the movie and like how like the media also like helps to like glorify war, even though they're like getting uh chewed apart just <laughs> alongside just much, the soldiers yeah. um but then the movie as a whole i think is like i think it's again it's what am i trying to say johnny rico is not a real like person in this world even i what am i it's like the movie exists as a problem like look at all like look yeah. at what happens to him like it's right. ju- like you it's supposed to make you think like oh of course if i joined the military i'd just i exactly what happened to this guy would happen to me yeah. i'd get a f- hot girlfriend and i yep. would like win and like but you know it would be a struggle at first but then i would like overcome and then i would personally would be the one that like unlocks the key Wins to the war. Yeah. to win the the entire war like so the the there's like there's like layers to it of like, you know, it's propaganda inside propaganda. And that's what I'm so like, I like, I just like that. Like the more you look at it, the more like it's, it's talking about how, you know, it's the self perpetuating thing, which exists in our world too. It's true. 
I'll also give it to credit the uh, characterization of everybody in this movie is really strong. This movie is really, uh, it's just really well written also where like every, every supporting character and every main character has like a little arc. They all have a little thing to do. They're all their little own hero in their own story. Like they do a really great job in this. That's why it's like, how can you think this is a bad movie? It's just like, well done. It's like a well executed And all those hot people showering together. So progressive. The movie's also weirdly genderless, right? Like it's a little. I I thought that about, I was honestly thinking about that because Sam was like, Sam actually watched this movie. My wife, just, you know, very cool. That's cool. That's very cool. Uh, this was one of the few movies that she, uh, I guess she was like confused that we were watching this for the podcast, which am I confused? We'll find out in the rating (laughs) section. Uh, but yeah, like the shower scene to me, that was like a depiction of like this utopian world where we don't, our minds aren't clouded by sexual desires. Like, I don't know, something like that. Some. Maybe not that deep or whatever. Maybe it was just like, oh, they just respect each other because it's normal. Like, that's how it should Well, yeah, it's, I th- it is it is this weird... I think what it's supposed to be is that they are so, like, hell-bent on this cause of winning the war that they put that even over their own... It doesn't even matter uh, at that point, yeah. Boners, yeah. Also, every uh, does everyone in this movie play football or the violin? Remember when they're they're like, let's celebrate, and they just have a crate of footballs and violins, and it's like everybody starts playing the violin together. This movie is a little bananas at times, like even as bananas as it is. But plays Pete Holmes in this movie. Hold on, I'm having a huge party next week, and and you're saying that I'm not prepared just because I have a crate of footballs and violins for the big party I'm holding. I bring the best, and Michael Ironside pulls out beer. The best beer and the best entertainment, and he opens a crate, and it's just... It's footballs and violins. violins. The next party, once Corona is over, that's the very first one. As soon as I get to go to my very first house party again, I'm going to come with a football and a violin, and you know it's going to be fucking uh, raucous time. I'll go first, since it's a Scotty pick. As a movie... Uh, we'll say eight out of ten. It's actually I I like it for like what it like represents and like I think it's like a good. It's worthwhile to see just based on like the ideology or to like reference it as like a thing. Like I think it's an important movie, but it's not like you know necessarily like ooh I watch this and then watch it again. Like yeah, and then as a spoof, uh, well it's not a spoof. It's satire, uh, but it's great satire. Nine out of t- nine out of nine out of eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> nine out of eight out of ten. I'll let Kelly go last and see is gonna have the hottest take, I think, on this. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten as a movie. I think uh the movie, because of what it's trying to make, it's like a little limited. It can't really be better than what it is, but it's still good. It's just like wow. it, could, it really couldn't be better than what this movie is. Um because it's such a like simple what premise, the f- I think. I'm so- what? <laughs> what I does just, that I, mean? I mean, like, <laughs> this movie can only be as good as it is, and it can't be any better than as good as it's exactly at. The idea of doing a war satire thing where you're pretty much just doing the thing you're making fun of, but so exaggerated that it's like obvious that it's a bit. It's like. It's only, limited by the premise. It's limited I, by the premise. That's what I mean. As soon yeah. as I decided to not be an asshole, I understood what you meant. <laughs> 
it's limited by the premise and the execution, but at the same time, like, you can only execute it up to a certain... So well. Yeah. Because, like, the acting is, like, purposely really wooden and over the top in this movie, but it's perfect acting for the movie. It's just that it's, like, at the same time, it's, like, it's a little forced sometimes, but... Yeah. As a spoof, I agree with Scott. It's more of a satire than a parody, but I'm giving it an 8 out of 10 because I do think it spoofs military and war movies really, really well... Like all the like the little like reveal of the guy's legs. That's a great parody moment because it is like the presentation is that he's like saying like oh military is so great and then that reveals that it's not great. It's a good little moment that's like making fun of how that stuff's done in other films and even like the action in this movie is like a little parody of like war movies in general. I think, um, but it is more satire than parody because it's not obviously very specific and it's not done totally for laughs the whole time. But I give it a six out of ten as a movie. It was, it, I I use this term a lot. It was fine. It's nothing to write home about. Maybe it's your cup of tea, and then you really like it in the way that I really like SLC Punk. Uh <laughs> or maybe it's not. It's a zero out of ten if you're eating oatmeal or another goopy type of food while they're dissecting those bugs, because those were that was gross. Uh, but as a spoof, I would give it a I don't know a one two out of ten one out of ten. I don't really know if it's a spoof. I know it's satire. It's just like, and I hate to get semantic about it, but I was while I was watching it, I was very much like. Why am I watching this? And it wasn't just because my wife was also watching it with me and enjoying it, which is rare for this cast. So you're welcome? <laughs> for your pick, Scott? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was fine. I'm not... This is one of those movies that I'm not upset that I watched. There have yeah. been other 6 out of 10 movies that I felt like have been a waste of my time. I don't think this one was like a waste of my time. I think it's like, oh, cool. Now I have knowledge of this. And can reference it with nerds never because COVID's happening and I'm never going to be at a bar ever again. And you don't get to go to those nerd conventions you love. Yeah, I don't. So, yeah, that's my take. Dragon Con. Uh, Wizard Con. I think we should maybe in the future, if we do a movie that's more satire than spoof, we should maybe have a satire rating instead of a spoof rating. Nope. How about that, guys? Hey, I think you should shut the hell up. Satire, (laughs) goofs, and novelty songs. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Stay in your lane. Kelly, do you have a novelty song for us this week? Uh, Was it... uh... It's my week to do this. <laughs> Kelly, Uh-oh. you said you were prepared uh, for your homework. Hold on. Ignore the sound of my keyboard typing. Um. All right. Well, I'm ignoring it, but you're still not talking. We're going to so. talk about Sam Spence. I want to talk about Sam Spence. Uh, Sam Spence, famous for doing the NFL films music. I don't know if these would be considered novelty oh, songs yeah, or not. Baby. No, I'm for it. I'm for it. But the two songs, I just want to go over a couple songs. Please tell me ding dong ding dong ding dong ding dong ding dong ding dong ding 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 dong. It's definitely one, but I think I have to find the title of it because I don't know what it is. I think it's just the bells ringing of the bells song or the bell toll song. Hell's bells. Maybe it's a new game. Yeah, it's called a new game. All right, so the two Sam Spence songs I want to go over today are Roundup and Power and Glory, a new game. And that one's not even by Sam Spence. I guess it's by Tom Heldon. So great, 
job me doing the research beforehand fantastic but i mean but but what are what are these what where where would you encounter these pieces Boy, of music if you ever watch nfl films which honestly nfl films they have a lot of money so they do a really good job of making some fascinating footage and stories so you think it takes really good uh, you think it takes a lot of money yeah to i'm make a capitalist really good stories? i thought you knew that i'm a i'm a okay. hardcore oh, capitalist wow. i love it I'd say throw money at this problem and then it's solved. That's why Avatar is your favorite movie. I love Avatar. <laughs> I cannot wait for Avatar. Okay, excuse me. Throw money and time. I can't wait for Avatar and it's four sequels. Money and time at this problem. <laughs> solved. NFL films, they make movies about the TV, the football games <laughs> that you watch. <laughs> Marty, do you want to go? Do you have more details you want to share? I just feel like there's no... It's, that's all you need to know. They make films about the TV with the football on. There you go, Kelly. That's More it. Detail. That's all it is. Is basically, hey, you know, every Sunday in the fall, yeah. people play football. Sometimes those football stories have narratives, and NFL Films takes those TV broadcasts. When Roger Pigskin threw the football, <laughs> he, was, he threw it okay. far and straight to the person he wanted to throw it to. When Dan Marino did not turn the laces in. Pretty much. This is exactly it. Um, They earn a lot of money somehow. I think it's from people buying it. <laughs> um, I just, I think it's like, yeah, it's like DVD packages and stuff, but also the NFL Network, like people pay to subscribe to that and they have like packages on DirecTV and stuff. And... I want to hear this. I'm on the edge of my seat. I got. All right, let's listen yeah, to Roundup like... first. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. So that's the music they play when they uh, have the two morbidly <laughs> obese uh, southern farmer twins walk out. Scott, <laughs> what is your... Field. I want to watch... But what music do they play when they're doing football? I want to watch the football <laughs> you're watching. That is... Okay, here's the thing. A lot of times NFL films will do like a narrative over like a team's season. It won't just be like one game, Right. So this would be like, in my opinion, the montage music that they would yeah. play. They'd be like, oh, yeah, they just went on a real shopping spree. From taking out then on, team after team of they the National Football League. They did a really good conference. job at winning the games. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, I just think it's a banger. That song's just a lot of fun. It's, it's like. It sounds like victory. It's got the tubas in it. Uh, this one is by Sam Spence. I know that. Uh. Apparently there was a big Sam Spence like tribute concert in Green Bay in 2010, and I'm oh really God. mad that I wasn't there for it. And you also out. had no idea who the fuck Sam Spence was back then. Yeah, uh, because I would have loved to have gone to that. But apparently, a lot of other people in Green Bay are uh, well aware of what Sam Spence does, and they went to see it. Lots, thousands, of, yeah. nearly a thousand people turned out. People were dancing in the aisles like a stop making sense screening. Yeah, pretty much. They were hiking the football around. They were tossing yeah. the pigskin around in their tuxes. Uh, this was in Green Bay, so like whenever a thousand people turn out for they, like a They niche. wheeled out two crates <laughs> at the concert. Two crates came out. Can you guess what was inside? No, what was inside? At the Sam Spence concert? What were they? Two crates for all the people there. Footballs oh, and violins. <laughs> for, for, come on. I don't know. I don't understand this callback. 
What is this? Footballs and violins from the party that. Starship oh my troopers. god! From Starship Troopers. Before we move on to Power and Glory, a new game by Tom Hedden. I just want to note that Sam Spence faced a lot of criticism by uh, two film score enthusiasts who have pointed out his similarities uh, or similarity of one of his more popular themes to several contemporary film scores. And you know what I have to say to those two film score enthusiasts? Buzz off, loser nerds. (laughs) Sam Spence has made his mark in NFL Films history. I like it. It's good. Someone else could have done it. I don't give a rip. These songs are bangers. That's all I got to say. Power and Glory by Tom Hedden. Let's go ahead and listen to that one. two-minute song and at the end it turns into the intro to the legends of the hidden temple there you go that's what i was going for thank you got a clean take for that one one. (laughs) and boy was it worth it uh it sounds like the halloween music a little bit a little bit yeah uh i have no history behind this song i don't know who tom Haddon is he hasn't left his mark as hard as sam spence has clearly uh but i love the ding dongs in this song ding dong ding dong ding dong ding 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 dong that's my yeah. That's how it it's in like seven eight or some shit. It's, it's like crazy. Prague, dude. The, it's like got a round going or something. I don't know. It's uh yeah. I'm pretty sure the guy from Yes wrote this. His name is Tom Hedden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's great. I love it. Uh, NFL films music very fun. Really elevates the sport ball that you're watching. I know Scott's not into sport ball as much as I am, but uh, what do you mean? Marty loves sport ball. The 49ers. You know, my, that's true, Scott's hometown team. I love the Niners, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> How the Niners doing this this season? Uh, could, I'll, always could be better, I say. Oh, <laughs> wow. wow. He All actually right. got it right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, that's a pretty better. good, round, well-rounded answer of just like, yeah, could be better, but uh, can't complain. Uh, Scott? Hey, Marty. Marty? Yeah, what's up, Scott? <laughs> I think Kelly had a question for me. Let me address that yeah. first, and then I'll get to you. Uh, what yeah, did you need a- from me? Hey, you know what? Go ahead. talk to Kelly, you ask Scott a question first. I'll transfer okay. uh, the call to Scott first. Scott, can you... I'm not talk- I'm not speaking in terms of Marty right now. <laughs> yeah, after what he did to you, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Scott, can you tell Kelly... Um, Hold on, I'm, Marty, I'm in the middle of talking to Kelly right now. Oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll just finish. You sort of knew this. You sort of facilitated it and then immediately interrupted. Kind of weird. <laughs> Kelly, what what can I help you with? Can you can you just check with Marty and see if he has a novelty product? All right, yeah. Uh, hey, Marty, I'm ready to talk to you now. Okay. Uh, hey, Scott. Um, yeah. Yeah, what's up? What's up, bud? Oh, so I, it seemed like you needed something. <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm good now. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, funny you should say that because I have something to tell you, which is uh, Kelly wanted to know. And first of all, he's still mad about what you did, um, okay, but he yeah. wanted to know yeah, yeah. Uh, if you had a um, <clears throat> novelty product. Oh, gentlemen, I do. This week's novelty product is more Wait, of a hold novel- on a second. Can you just hold on a second? <laughs> oh my God. Hey, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly. What's up? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> He's got one. And he seems like ready to give it to us. So <laughs> I know you don't want to talk to him, but are you okay with listening to <laughs> yeah, him? Yeah, I'll listen to him. That's fine. Okay. I never said well, I let's walk back over to him then. Hey, uh, you know what, Marty? That's, that's mostly mine and Kelly's relationship is him listening to me. So <laughs> um, 
This week's novelty product is more a novelty statue. That's right. This week we are talking about the Bronze Fawns, a Milwaukee staple. This bronze recreation of Henry Winkler's classic Happy Days character, Arthur Fonzarelli, stands along the Milwaukee River in downtown Milwaukee. The statue was commissioned by Visit Milwaukee, a tourism nonprofit based in Milwaukee, and they raised $85,000 to commission this statue of a icon of Milwaukee. The statue was unveiled in 2008, which was intended by, get this, most of the main Happy Days cast actually came when they took a curtain off of this statue. Hmm. A curtain? If you, if you haven't seen the statue before, it looks exactly like Henry Winkler, but he's bronze. Oh. And I picked this as a virtual novelty product since we could never, ever do this in person anyway. This is an iconic statue, often mocked, often ironically referred to as the first thing you gotta see when you come to Milwaukee. Like, uh, people are coming to Milwaukee, you gotta be like, oh, are, have you seen the Bronze Fonz? Mm-hmm. So I thought we'd depict it. Have you, you both have seen the Bronze Fonz in person, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I'll say. So I used to work in downtown Milwaukee. I don't anymore because I live nowhere near Milwaukee anymore. Um, and I... Uh, one time I won free tickets to a show. I can't even remember who was playing. They just like had them at the statue. I worked downtown. Told my boss, hey, I'm going to go try to get these tickets after I saw a post on Facebook about it. And then I did. I biked over there. Took them what up a in an envelope. Bada bing, bada boom. And oh, they just said like we left these by the bronze. Yeah, fawns. they like go leave them in his, uh, in his arms or something like that. Gotcha. Like tape it to him, like with painter's tape. I don't really know one of those types of things. And uh, you say you don't really know, but you're giving specifics on the kind of tape. I don't know about this. <laughs> well, I don't remember if it was taped or not. I remember it being like held by his thumbs up, but in the thumbs up that I'm seeing, that looks quite wide to put an envelope. Yeah, between. it'd be tough. You'd have to tape it. Yeah. yeah. Now, was it a big Pat Sajak giant like check envelope? God, I wish. I wish it was because I would have saved it, kept it. Put it on my wall. Wouldn't have gone to the concert. Uh, I also used to work in downtown Milwaukee, and I walked past, and I used to live downtown Milwaukee, and I used to walk past this statue every single day on my way to work. So, did the novelty wear off for you, Marty, when you walked past it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Is it just a product now? To me, it's just a normal statue. (laughs) I've seen it so many times. I don't even see Henry Winkler when I look at it. I just see the bronze fawns. It's its own thing. Wow. For this week's quiz, I'm going to test your knowledge of various statues and specifically their locations in the world. So I have a list of famous statues, and you'll get a point for guessing the country where the statue is located. If you can guess the city, that's going to be a bonus point. If the statue is inside the United States, I'll give you an extra point for the state that it's in. So for our first statue, gentlemen, you can just buzz in however you want. The Christ the Redeemer ding, statue. Ding, ding, Rio de Brazil. Scott comes in hot with two points right off the bat. Number two, The Thinker. Ding, ding. Kelly. Wait, where it is now? Yes. Oof. I think. Paris? Paris? What country is that in? France. Kelly gets two points for Paris, France. Nice. Well, number three. I have Allegory eight total. according to plan, Kel. Yeah. Tied up. <laughs> really crushing this. 
<laughs> the Great Sphinx of Giza. Ding ding, Egypt, Africa. <laughs> oh no, Egypt is the country. The city is Cairo. Kelly, care to guess? No, I have no idea. I wouldn't know any other cities in Egypt. The city either. is Giza, of course. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> so this. Scott leads three to two. Mount Rushmore. Oh, uh, ding. Go ahead. Ke- Kelly first. Ding. I don't. <sighs> Which one is it? Which one no, is it? I don't it? know the city. South Dakota. Okay, Kelly guesses South Dakota. Rushmore, South Dakota. <laughs> What's What country is that? United in? States of America. And I will say Mount North Dakota. <laughs> it is United States and South Dakota. Neither of you are going to get the city. It's Keystone, South Dakota is where it's located. Keystone Light is... Uh... Kelly jumps ahead four to three. Keystone Light. Moai, which is the statue is known to appear on Easter Island. <laughs> Easter Island, final answer. <laughs> ah, but what country? Uh, Polynesia. Kelly, care to guess? I have no idea. I'm not going to embarrass myself. It's technically part of Chile. Oh, wow. But that's the four West. Four. I did not know that. I Apparently, Chile has... Uh, is owns I thought the it would East be Island. much further west. I thought it was more like Asia. I think it is. It is in Polynesia, but Chile somehow has. Oh, I just because no it's like maybe the it's like slightly closer. I don't know, whatever. Or they conquered it. I don't know. Number six, the Motherland Calls statue. Uh, can you describe it in a picture? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I will describe it. Let me look it up quick. Did you say the motherland calls? This sounds like a dog whistle. It is a um, person holding a sword and kind of gesturing. Oh, 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 it's in Ukraine. It's in... Uh, I gotta take your first in... guess. And that is incorrect. Fuck, I'm close though, aren't I? You are close. The motherland calls. I don't know any of those cities i'm trying to think i should know them but i can't think of any off the top of my head you want to guess a country russia it is russia the city is volgograd i would have never guessed that i'm so glad i didn't you would never have gotten that (laughs) kelly leads five to four number seven and this is our newest statue on the list i believe dignity also known as dignity of earth and sky it's a Fictional statue, and it's in Avatar The Last Airbender in Boxing Se. <laughs> it is located in one of the countries that we have listed previously. It can't be America, because we have no dignity here. Am I right, fellows? <laughs> yeah, we used to have Bob Dignity. <laughs> Steve Hope. <laughs> um, care to guess? Nah. Kelly? No. This is in the United States, in South Dakota, in Chamberlain, it sits along the Missouri River. What does it sit for? What does it represent? It's a statue of, I believe, a Lakota woman. All right. I'm a, I'm for have it. Have you seen this statue? I have seen this it. statue, yes. Oh, you, you personally saw this statue, this I obscure have, statue? I have seen. This is not obscure. You, ha, you have a personal deal. knowledge of this <laughs> obscure statue that you decided to put on the quiz? <laughs> People yeah. know what this statue is. And in Blanchardville, Wisconsin, oh my, my hometown. <laughs> no, it's like, it's South Dakota. Like, people know what this statue This is not a tiny thing. This was a big deal when this statue got unveiled. It's a giant statue. Like, okay. All right. Ke- Kelly leads five to four. Oh, there's still more? There's one left. Oh. There's three possible points here. Ooh. The final statue 
the Statue of Liberty. New York. New York, New York, baby. New York. This is a test of whose internet is faster. Kelly got the the city. Scott got the states. All oh, right. Tiger. Does anyone want to guess the country? United States of America. Hey, Kelly, wins the, <laughs> Kelly wins. <laughs> Kelly wins the quiz with the United States guess. Uh, uh, it's a subsidiary of Chile. <laughs> <laughs> and that ends our quiz of statue locations around the world, gentlemen. Fantastic quiz, Mart. Thank you. Thank you. I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> well, just like another character, Bert Wonderstone. <laughs> America's favorite. <laughs> America's favorite magician in a film. Do we have to go off on a high note here, or can we just, like, snooze off a little bit? Yeah, we can just take a nap. You guys want to take, take a nap? nap? No, let's fade it out like a song off the White Album. Just like it's just us okay. prattling on about dumb shit, <laughs> yeah. And we slowly fade out like it's we're trailing like we're off into the distance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds good. Kelly, what did you eat today? I was just gonna talk about Jack White and does he? Oh have wait, an first album of all, which is really album. quick. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Okay, okay, okay. now Kelly, yeah, what did you eat, Jack White? Yeah, I'm hungry. Jack I just had a egg sandwich earlier, but I want something else because I'm. It's, yeah, I'm it's like 4 o'clock and we just recorded for 4 hours. I'm legitimately exhausted right now. <laughs>